The following is a presentation of Hawkeye's Mike LLC. and welcome into the Hawkeyes Mike Wrestling Podcast on HawkeyesMike.com. I'm KGYM Radio in Eastern Iowa's Tyler Chumlin coming to you on HawkeyesMike.com. The Iowa Hawkeyes coming off the Big Ten Championships last weekend at the Kohl Center in Madison, Wisconsin. Iowa didn't finish the top of the top of the records, did not finish with the most points in the tournament, but yet they did have a very successful tournament. As I mentioned on the last podcast, they had an uphill battle they had to climb. It was going to be tough for the Hawkeyes to win. I thought that they had every chance to do it, and being there at the Kohl Center, it was palpable. The fans knew it. The wrestlers knew it. Uh, it was really tough watching those championship matches. A couple of them, the Hawkeyes, ended up losing on Sunday afternoon. But all in all, Penn State won the thing. It's their fourth consecutive championship, Big Ten championships under Kale Sanderson with 140.5 points. Standings as follows. Iowa was in second with 135. Minnesota was your third team with 118.5. Ohio State at 86.5 points. Nebraska coming in fifth place with 79 points. Illinois in sixth, 78.5. Wisconsin, 73. Michigan, 71.5. Northwestern 58. Indiana was your 10th ranked team in 37. Purdue 34.5. And Michigan State with 21.5 points rounds out the top 12 in the Big Ten last weekend. Finals results. The only wrestler for the Hawkeyes that did not place was Brody Grothis at 149. But, and I'll get into this in a little bit, Brody Grothis is going to be wrestling at the NCAA Championships this weekend. I'll talk about the at-large bid here coming up in a little bit. But fifth place results. Nathan Burak beat Braden Atwood from Purdue 2-1 to to get fifth place at 197 for the Hawkeyes and Josh Jeva beat Steven Rodriguez from Illinois three to two to also place fifth. Both guys, both both guys end up being in fifth place. They both qualify for the NCAA's. That's all that mattered for the Hawkeyes was getting guys to wrestle to their seeds or better. Both guys were five seeds going in. Jeva and Birak. They both wrestled to their seed. That was very very important. Third place results. Two guys for the Hawkeyes were wrestling for third place. Corey Clark. He uh, was ended up he ended up losing to uh, Ryan Taylor from Wisconsin nine to five in the third place match, Clark getting fourth, and then Bobby Telford, the fourth preceded wrestler, he beat Mike McClure from Michigan State, 3-2 to two in a third place result, he was third place, third, third, third year in a row for Bobby Telford getting third place at the Big Ten Championship, so final matches coming into Sunday, Hawkeyes are wrestling well, they've got a handful of guys in the championship matches, not surprising, Tony Ramos at 133, Tony Ramos, congratulations, his first Big Ten Championship one against number two, Tyler Graff, two to one in the championship match. Unbelievable match. Had a chance to catch up with Tony after the match. Said it was great. Big smile on his face, but he also said still work to be done. Tony Ramos's goal this season is to win an NCAA championship, and that he's going to have that opportunity this weekend. We'll talk about the seeding and the bracket coming up in a little bit. The other matches in the championship bouts for Iowa, 157, 165, 174, and 184. They lost all four of them. I know it's tough to swallow, and I know it's really tough to swallow, especially at 157. Derek St. John coming in as the four seed in a very top-heavy bracket. Uh, he was defeated by James Green from Nebraska again. It's the third straight time he's been defeated by Green. Green beat him last year at the Big Tens as well. Then you get into 165. David Taylor was not losing to Nick Moore. I'm sorry. Nick Moore has wrestled very, very well. He even wrestled well against David Taylor, but Taylor's just too good. Taylor from Penn State ends up being your 165 champion. Robert Kokish and Mike Evans, they go at it. 6-4 to four is the final. Evans falls to Kokish, the number one seed from Nebraska. And then at 184, Ethan Lofthouse lost 
lost 10 to 2 to Ed Ruth. So the Hawkeyes end up second place in the Big Tens. But that's the beauty about wrestling is it's time to turn the page. Iowa qualifies all 10 wrestlers for the NCAAs. They qualify all nine of the weights outside of 149 on merit at the Big Tens. Each one is within those weight allocations. And then Brody Grothis gets good news. A couple days after the NCAA, or excuse me, after the Big Ten tournament results come out, he finds out that he's been he's been added as an at-large bid at 149. So Iowa gets all 10 wrestlers at the NCAA championships coming up this weekend. You can, uh, you can watch the NCAA championships this weekend. It's actually the first time uh, ever that all six sessions are going to be televised. You can watch them on ESPN3, watch ESPN.com. Uh, unprecedented coverage as well this weekend uh, from Chesapeake Energy Arena in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma on the 20th and the 22nd. Uh, ESPN is going to televise the semifinals and the finals while ESPNU will televise the first and second sessions, quarterfinals, and the medal round. Digitally, you can watch it online to ESPN3. If you, if you haven't watched it, if you've never watched the NCAAs before, here's your chance to watch it. The Hawkeyes are going to be looking to do something big this weekend, and why wouldn't they? They qualified all 10 wrestlers. I don't want to point fingers in the Big Ten but if Nathan Burak, uh, excuse me, if Brody Growth is places, if he wrestles to his seat, Iowa wins. And that is exactly the kind of confidence booster that the Hawkeyes need going into this thing. You got to remember, this is a storied program with, you know, an All-American every single year since 72, with 42 seasons. They totaled 255 All-Americans during that stretch. It's unbelievable how good this program is, but Iowa hasn't won a national championship since 2010. They haven't won a Big Ten championship since then as well. So you look back to the history and you look at what Penn State has been able to do and Iowa having 10 qualifiers is a big big deal because they've sent at least eight athletes to the NCAAs in each of uh, Tom Brands' seasons at Iowa all eight of them this year is the 18th time since 68 on uh, the first time since 2010 that Iowa sent its entire 10-man lineup to the national tournament won the NCAA team crown 14 times uh, sending its entire 10-man lineup that's a big thing for the Hawkeyes having all 10 guys wrestle you got to hope Brody Grothis wrestles well though uh, Big Ten champion Tony Ramos he doesn't find himself at the top of the seeds in 133 I'm going to break down the brackets here coming up in a little bit, but that would be a story to watch as well as Derek St. John, who enters this year's championships. Uh, Four-time All-American. He's got an opportunity to do that. Uh, Last Hawkeye to do that, uh, four-time All-American, was Mark Perry back in 2005 through 2008. So it's been a little while for the Hawkeyes. Uh, you got to also remember that Tom Brands, their head coach, was one of those guys too, so you know he'll be in Derek St. John's ear a little bit. Going through the brackets, it's really interesting. You've got a couple guys that are going to be wrestling for the first time. Uh, Corey Clark, Josh Jeva, and Brody Grothis. A couple guys that are going to be in their second appearance at the NCAAs, Nick Moore and Nathan Burak, and then third time uh, a couple juniors, Mike Evans and Bobby Telford, and obviously the seniors Ramos, St. John, and Lofthouse, all wrestling in their fourth and final NCAAs coming up this weekend. So, lots and lots of fun, fun action to come up this weekend. Um, Let's get into this thing. Let's start breaking these down. I think there's probably three or four, maybe five teams that have a legitimate chance to win the whole thing, but I would say there's probably two. Two, maybe three. It's Iowa, Minnesota, and Penn State. And Minnesota had a terrible session, two at the Big Ten Championships. You know they're going to be firing on all cylinders coming into the NCAAs, so that that letdown is probably not going to happen. It's going to be the Hawkeyes, the Nittany Lions, and the Golden Gophers at the top of the standings, probably right there with Cornell, UNI, Oklahoma State, a lot of other Big Ten schools as well. You've got Michigan, Nebraska, all those schools qualified a lot of wrestlers for the NCAAs. So let's go ahead and get this thing started. Let's break this thing down. Let's start with the number one weight. It's kind of great because <laughs> as an Iowa fan, you're sitting there, you're thinking, okay, well, 
where do you start? You know, you want to start with the first Iowa wrestler. Well, Iowa wrestlers are going to be wrestling in every single one of the brackets. So let's start at 125. Redshirt freshman from Pleasant Hill, Iowa, Southeast Polk High School. Corey Clark ranks seventh by Intermat, number 10 by the Open Mat, number nine by Win Magazine. Clark has a decent draw, I think. And looking at this, it's tough because you look at how these guys have wrestled together. And, you know, there's a handful of guys that he's wrestled in the past. Uh, lots of Big Ten guys, obviously, in the field. You look at Nick Roberts from Ohio State, Ryan Taylor from Wisconsin, who ended up beating Corey Clark in the Big Tens to get third place. Garrison White from Northwestern, Connor Yautzee from Michigan. But then the one guy that you really, really have to look at is Jesse Delgado, who, looking at this bracket, is a potential quarterfinal matchup for Corey Clark, who gets the eight seed, 17-2 and two on the season. He wrestles Corey Mines from Edinburgh, 22-9 and nine on the season. It's a good matchup for Corey Clark. Get his foot in the door, get a nice win under his belt going into that uh, next round, trying to get to that quarterfinal match. More likely, he's going to be wrestling probably Tyler Cox from Wyoming, uh, who faced off against Caleb Richardson from Penn in the first round. Uh, Caleb Richardson, a nice little story, 12-9 and nine going into the NCAAs. But uh, in reality, Tyler Cox is 28-5. and five. He's a good wrestler, a good matchup for Corey Clark as well. There's no reason to think that Corey Clark can't win, you know, at least his first two matches. And then he's looking at getting matched up against the number one overall seed, Jesse Delgado. They're 1-1 one and one against each other. In the 2012 UNI Open, uh, Delgado lost to Clark 6-1. Obviously, Clark wrestling unattached there. Uh, and then Delgado beat Clark 4-3 in the Big Tens this season. So there, here's a here's a place for Corey Clark to wrestle to his seed, if not better than his seed. Comes into the thing with the 8th seed. All the guys in front of him, though, are guys that he can beat. And he's proven that. You look at the number one seed in Jesse Delgado. You look at the two seed in Sean Garrett from Cornell. 30-1. and one, Probably my favorite to win this tournament. I like Garrett uh, to beat Delgado to win the tournament with that two seed. But you look up and down the thing and it's not a very, it's a strong weight class, but guys are beatable. Nico Megalutis from Penn State is another guy that's in the match. He's a, he's the third seed, 26-3 and three overall, but he looked human at the uh, Big Ten Wrestling Tournament. So there's definitely some room for improvement there for Corey Clark. And I think he has a really good opportunity to get to that next level to try and evolve and try to become an All-American because as a redshirt freshman, you got to try and get to that next level and try to be an All-American because I think next year, Corey Clark's going to probably have to bump up to 133. I know that was the question earlier this season with weights and how he how he can stay down to 125 or if he's going to have to bump up. This is a good opportunity for him to try and win a national championship. I'm not talking about just wrestle to your seat or wrestle just slightly above your seat. Try to win a national championship, Corey Clark, and I think that's the expectation going in for him. So if Iowa wants to win this thing, if they want a legitimate chance to be in first place, at the end of the tournament, Corey Clark's got to wrestle to his seed, probably better than his seed by three or four places. 133, Tony Ramos. The only expectation, I'm going to be real brief on Tony Ramos. The expectation for Ramos is to win the NCAA tournament. That's it. I know he's the three seed. I know he's right behind Joe Colon, who's 30 and one this season from Northern Iowa, and AJ Schott from Edinburgh, also 30 and one. He's wrestled both those guys this season. He lost to both of them. <laughs> it's do or die time for Tony Ramos, and he knows it. He does not want to be remembered as the greatest Hawkeye wrestler to never win one. That's a big deal. Look for Tony Ramos to get things started. He has a pigtail match, a pigtail match that will wrestle for. Uh, his opponent, that's Devin Lodo and uh, Sean Mack from Pittsburgh. They're going to wrestle to get in to wrestle Tony Ramos, but then you look at that second round matchup, Zane Richards from Illinois, that could potentially be the matchup that Ramos could end up seeing, and then from there, he's got a pretty favorable place in third, because he's going to end up on the same side of the bracket as uh, AJ Shope, AJ Shop. and then, you know, if there's an upset, then Tony Ramos could be right there. He's got Cash Caroga from Purdue on that side 
as well. He's beat Cash Kuroga. But again, James Goulibon from Penn State and David Thorne from Minnesota both also in this bracket. The nice thing about Tony, for Tony Ramos is they're on the opposite side of the bracket. So if he takes care of business, he'll be there at the end of things. I really think that it's going to end up being Tony Ramos wrestling Tyler Graff or a David Thorne or someone like that in the championship because I think Joe Colon is going to get beat. Um, but the story for him has been phenomenal. He pinned Ramos back in the Midlands in the first period. He's had a phenomenal season. He's ranked right at the top of the rankings in all the rankings right now. Uh, Ramos is two in Win Magazine, three by Intermat and the Open Mat. So Ramos, the expectation is to win the NCAA championships, and he's got to do it. And that's all there really is to it. Josh Chev at 141. He's the junior. He's the guy that was called out by Tom Brands preseason. Make your name a household name, Jeva. Make people know how to spell your name. <laughs> he's, I think I believe Tom even said J-E-V-A. No, 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 no. That's not how you spell his name. D-Z-I-E-W-A. Jeva. Josh Jeva had a really, really nice Big Ten tournament. He really did. You look at what he was able to do in the Big Ten tournament, and he was able to get a couple upsets. He was able to wrestle uh, to his seed and better, and that's what you've got to have for Josh Jeva. He comes into this match. He gets a round one against a guy that beat him, knocked him down to the Consies at the Big Tens, and that's Stephen Dutton, the third from Michigan. Dutton's only eight and four on the season. Jeva's twenty-five and eight, but Dutton won when it mattered. So this is a big matchup because Jeva's also on the opposite side of the bracket from Zane Rutherford from Penn State and Chris Dardanes from Minnesota, as well as Logan Steber, who's the two seed from Ohio State. He's on the top side with Mitchell Port from Edinburgh, who's twenty-six and zero. And you know we go forward, and Mitchell Port uh, he pinned Jeva, but wrestle above your seed. You got to go. That's the key with winning at the end of the season like this. Is you got to go. It's all. It's for all the marbles. You're done after this. You're a junior. You got a whole another season left. But build that foundation. Put yourself in a position to win matches. If he ends up winning that match, he'd end up probably having Devin Carter from Virginia Tech, a 14 and 0, a really, really, really good four seed uh, at 141. But Josh Jeva, that's an interesting matchup to watch here. Um, if he can end up getting into the wrestle backs and end up trying to get, you know, vying for fifth place. He's unseated going into this thing. Try to get into the try to get into the rankings. Try to be on that podium. Be an All-American. That's what it comes down to for a guy like Josh Jeva. Because as I mentioned, Tom Brands called him out. And he answered the call relatively well. So, you know, being ranked, he's ranked 13 in uh, Intermat, and he's ranked 18th by the other two magazines. But he's got an opportunity here. Opportunistic wrestling is the way Iowa's always been able to wrestle. Speaking of opportunities, before we get to a break here, 149, Brody Grothis got an at-large bid. And it's funny because he got an at-large bid and he's seated in the NCAAs. He fell at the Big Ten Championships in the first two rounds, uh, lost two matches in a row when he got knocked down to the Constellation Finals, ended up not placing for the Hawkeyes. I thought Brody Grothis had a chance at getting an at-large bid. Uh, he ended up getting it. He ends up with a, a nice match at West Virginia's Mike Morales in the first round. But the winner of that match is going to wrestle very, very dangerous number four seed Kendrick Maple, who is uh, from Oklahoma, 22-4 and four on the season. It's a tough match. Uh, uh, and that's kind of what it comes down to. But this is an opportunity if Brody Grothis can win. He's got the opportunity to wrestle James English, maybe, if English can get a couple upsets. Uh, or Jason Sertzis. You know, guys that win the Big Ten, like a guy like Sertzis, Grothis can beat these guys. He's got a very legitimate chance to beat him. He's wrestled Sertzis twice. He's 1-1 one one against him. He only lost 5-2 to two in the duel this last season. There's no reason to think that Brody Grothis can't elevate his game and elevate his wrestling ability and try to place in this tournament. Comes in with the 13 seed. The key is to not have a letdown, Brody Grothis, like you did at the Big Tens. I don't want to point fingers. I don't want to pin the second place finish on one wrestler, but if you had to, it'd be Brody Grothis for not wrestling to his seed. So going into the NCAAs, it's a good opportunity for him to wrestle to his seed 
and get Iowa pumped up, get Iowa fired up. With that being said, got a few weights left. We're at 149, up coming up next, 157, defending national champion Derek St. John. We're going to go ahead and step aside, though, take a real quick break. I am Tyler Chumlin, breaking down the NCAA wrestling tournament for the Iowa Hawkeyes coming up this weekend in Oklahoma City. It should be a big one, should be a good one. All 10 wrestlers for the Hawkeyes qualifying. After this short break, we're going to get to 157, we're going to get to 165, and we'll go all the way through heavyweight with Bobby Telford. Tell you how realistic the chances of the Hawkeyes getting the first NCAA title since 2010 are. It is the Hawkeyes Mike Wrestling Podcast, HawkeyesMike.com. Don't go anywhere. Come on back after this break. HawkeyesMike.com. It's sports talk radio on the internet. Just for you, the Iowa fan. All sports, all Hawks, all the time. How many things have you touched today? Hmm? Ooh, a puppy. <laughs> How many places have your hands been? Ooh, a keyboard. 24-hour hand sanitizer protection just makes sense. Prefins, a silica-based hand sanitizer, protects your hands all day. Stays on up to 10 washings. Moisturizes, alcohol-free, and safe for the kids. So go ahead, touch anything and everything. Ooh, a toilet. Prefins, keep your hands germ-free all day. Just a reminder that you can participate in our shows by offering your own comments and opinions on the Hawks. The toll-free hotline is available 24 hours a day. Call 866-74-HAWKS and make your voice heard. Visit HawkeyesMike.com, go to the news and events section, and check the links for up-to-date information on Iowa games, TV channels, team schedules, and more. You can subscribe to all Hawkeyes Mike podcasts through iTunes, and you can follow Hawkeyes Mike on Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook. Welcome back, everybody, to the Hawkeyes Mike Wrestling Podcast, coming to you on HawkeyesMike.com. I'm KGYM Radio in Eastern Iowa's Tyler Chumlin. With the Hawkeyes Mike Wrestling Podcast, we're breaking down everything with the NCAA Tournament coming up this weekend in Oklahoma City at Chesapeake Energy Arena in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, March 20th through 22nd. You can catch all the action on ESPN3, WatchESPN.com, as well as the uh, final two sessions on ESPN and ESPNU this weekend. The Iowa Hawkeyes, lots of stories coming in. One of those big stories, 157. Derek St. John, the senior, enters this championship with a chance to become the 18th Hawkeye wrestler to earn four All-American honors. He's currently of 32 three-time All-Americans. St. John plays fourth in 2011, second in 2012, and he won the event last year in 2013. Mark Perry, the last Hawkeye to be a four-time All-American, 2005 through 2008. So it's been a little while for the Hawkeyes since they've had a four-time All-American. Derek St. John has his hands full. And I put that as best as I possibly can. He can beat everybody in this entire bracket. Another wrestler for the Hawkeyes that's on the opposite side of the Penn State and Minnesota wrestlers. You've got Derek St. John, who's the two seed. James Green, the one seed. Well-deserved. He's the Big Ten champion. He beat Derek St. John. He's now beat him three times in a row. Uh, And then you've got Dylan Alton, who's the 13 seed from Penn State. Did not have a very good Big Ten championship. And then Dylan Ness from Minnesota, who's 19-5 and on the year. He's the nine seed. You look at the four seed and Ian Miller from Kansas State. And then you look at the other uh, seeds. You look at a five five seed, like a guy like Isaac Jordan uh, from Wisconsin. Up and down. It's a very, very, very good bracket, including Alex Derringer from Oklahoma State, who is the number three seed, but Derek St. John beat him at the duel this season. 
So you look up and down this thing, and you, you kind of figure out where Derek St. John needs to finish for the Hawkeyes to do well. And in reality, he needs to be wrestling Saturday night. He needs to be wrestling in the championship bout on Saturday night. And it doesn't really matter who he wrestles against. Obviously, if James Green from Nebraska were to lose, that'd be good for Derek St. John since, for whatever reason, he hasn't been able to beat him. But you look up and down at the field, and St. John's 1-0 against Taylor Walsh from Indiana. Brian Murphy, 1-0. Roger Wildmo, 1-0. Dylan Ness from Minnesota, he's lost to him. He lost to him in the duel 7-4. James Green, he's 2-3, but Green's won the last three. Dylan Alton, he's 5-0 against. Isaac Jordan, he's 2-1 against. St. John won the most recent meeting in the Big Tens. Uh, Justin DeAngelis from Oklahoma, he's 1-0 against. Derringer, he's 3-0 against, which is crazy because Derringer is the 3C, was number 1 for the majority of the season this year. Johnny Greshammer from Edinburgh, he's 2-0. Joshua Kramer, he's 1-0. Joey Napoli from Lehigh, he's 1-0. RJ Pena from Oregon State, he's 1-1. You've got to remember that Pena made your decision to uh, Derek St. John back in 2012 at the National Duels. And then Brandon Zero from Eastern Michigan, he's 1 0 against. He's beat all these wrestlers. He's got to come in and wrestle with the attitude that he did last season in the NCAA championships because, to be honest with you, if you've ever been around Derek St. John, you know that this is the goal is to win again. Being All American isn't enough. He's got to win this tournament, and he needs to be wrestling in that championship match for Iowa to have a chance, I think, at the team title this year as well. Another another interesting bracket at 165, Nick Moore, a 21-3 and on the season, comes in. David Taylor is the number one seed. David Taylor is going to win this thing. Uh, it's whoever comes in right behind him, I think, is what's going to be more intriguing. Will it be Tyler Caldwell from Oklahoma State? Uh, Moore and Caldwell have gone back and forth in the past. Uh, they're one and one. Caldwell beat him at the duel last year in 2013, and then Moore beat him at the duel this year in sudden victory, three to one. And then you look at the four seed Stephen Monk, who beat uh, who beat Moore this season as well. And even even down the line a little while, a little ways, you've got really good wrestlers um, from all over the place. So this is a really really important bracket for Iowa. They need to get Nick Moore into that semifinal bout against David Taylor. He's probably not going to beat Taylor, and that's probably too much of an expectation. But if he can get into that into that number five eleven matchup with Taylor to go to the championship, that allows him to wrestle for third place. And third place is probably going to be the draw that Nick Moore is going to be looking at. He needs to wrestle above his seed, though. And Nick Moore's wrestled well um, over the past few weeks, in the past year even. So I think it's something that you kind of look at and you think, well, he's got a legitimate chance. But this that's the thing about Iowa wrestling. And it's what makes it so hard not to get excited about these podcasts and not to get really, really excited in front of this microphone is Iowa always steps up in these situations. They always, always come to wrestle. And it hasn't been that way for the past few seasons. And it's it's eerie because Penn State's monopolized the Big Ten and the NCAAs. And you've got good teams at Oklahoma State and Minnesota. Iowa's right there. Right there. They're so close to turning that corner and getting that big win. And how big would it be for a feather in Tom Brands' cap to say, we overcame that the three-year, four-year deficit and we ended up being the NCAA champions? Most intriguing bracket to me is 174. And that's because Mike Evans is your four seed. Mike Evans... The reason he's the four seed is because he hasn't been able to beat the guys in front of him, frankly. Chris Perry's uh, he's the number one seed. Evans is 0-2 against him. Robert Kokish from Nebraska, they've gone back and forth, but Kokish has beaten the last three times. So it's tough to put uh, Evans you know, ahead of Kokish. And then you go back to the two seed, Andrew Howe from Oklahoma. You know, that's fair. It's a fair seed at 24-1. and He hasn't wrestled uh, against Mike Evans in the past. So going into this, Evans has Bryce Hammond in the first round, 
and then probably Hayden Zimmer from North Dakota State in the second round. And then you're looking at uh, possibly matching up against Matt Brown from Penn State uh, in that quarterfinal match. That could be a really good, interesting uh, matchup between Matt Brown and uh, Mike Evans because Matt Brown and Mike Evans have split. Evans won the most recent battle, 3-2 to two in the uh, Big Tens this season here at last week, but... That's an interesting one. That's one that we could end up seeing Mike Evans grow up a little bit and get to that semifinal match. Try to place third. You got to remember that Mike Evans was an All American last year. He placed sixth at 174. And this year, his seat is higher than that. His seat, his expectation is fourth. So, Mike Evans, that's an intriguing one. He should be able to place, be able to do some big things for the Hawkeyes, hopefully, and use that momentum. Use that to your advantage. You've got Logan Storley from Minnesota. He's on the bottom half of the bracket. Uh, more than likely going to wrestle. Well, I guess he could wrestle uh, Kokish probably. Um, and then you look at if he gets past Kokish, he'd end up wrestling Andrew Howe from Oklahoma. So either way, that's two tough, two tough matchups. But the key for Mike Evans is to wrestle Chris Perry. That's his goal. Wrestle Chris Perry because Chris Perry and him have gone back and forth. Perry winning both duels last two seasons, four to three, two years ago, and five to four this season. You know Mike Evans wants that match. 184, uh, Ethan Lofthouse. Here we go again. He's two-time All-American. Uh, he got seventh in 2012 and fifth last season. It's a tough bracket because the top two wrestlers are Ed Ruth, uh, who I thought was going to be the favorite this season until Jimmy Sheptock beat him from Maryland. Uh, Sheptock undefeated on the season, 28-0. Great season for Sheptock from Maryland. But Ed Ruth is right there, too. And Lofthouse ends up getting put on Sheptock's side of the bracket. That's fine. He ends up with the five seed. Uh, I thought maybe he'd get a higher seed, uh, but he didn't. So it's no big deal there. Uh, the guys that he'll be wrestling, he's wrestling Victor Avery from Edinburgh uh, in the first round. That one could be interesting. Uh, it could be a chance to get some bonus points possibly for uh, for Lofthouse as well. But we'll see. It's always tough when you get to the national tournament because anytime you can get a major decision, it can be so critical for team points and team score. After he ends up wrestling Avery outside of an upset, uh, looking at Ofer Bernstein uh, or possibly Zach Hernandez from Colorado. It's an interesting matchup in the 239 match. But then after that, it's... Uh, you know, Max Thomasit, excuse me, Thomasit from Pittsburgh, who's eight and two on the year. He's had a really good season. That's the kind of matchup that in the past Ethan Lofthouse has lost, and it makes it really tough to watch a guy like Lofthouse because he's fun to root for. You know, he's a strong guy. He's a strong kid. He gets in there. He's not afraid to hit you back. But at the same time, he hasn't been able to get over that hump. He hasn't been able to beat, to beat or even really compete with Ed Ruth, who's beat him all six times, and they've all been major decisions, um, except for the in 2011, way back um, when Ed Ruth was kind of coming up. But even then, you know, he, he, hadn't, he hadn't evolved. He hadn't, got to, he hadn't got to that point where he's the Ed Ruth of now. So... Very intriguing. You look at the bottom half of the bracket, though. Kevin Steinhouse and Ed Ruth are both in there. Uh, Steinhouse from Minnesota. All it is is Lofthouse versus the world this weekend because he's a senior. He's been there. He's done the All-American thing. He's placed before. He's got to try and place top three, I think. I think he needs to really work hard and try to get to that third-place match. And if he can wrestle above his seed, then Iowa, again, has a very legitimate chance to win this thing. If Iowa wants to win, to be safe, just to be safe, They've got to wrestle two or above their seeds at every single individual weight class. And that's how it always is. So Nathan Burak at 197, he comes into this thing. He's you know ranked 10 by win. He's 14 by open mat and 11 by inner mat. He's got the same type of thing going on. He's got a good opportunity to get a match with Morgan McIntosh in that semifinal round. Uh, McIntosh beat him 5-4 to four, uh, in the Big Tens this last year, uh, last week. 
it's it's a chance for him to really, really wrestle well. He's got Shane Woods from Wyoming in the first round, and then the winner of that match will more than wrestle more than likely wrestle Richard Perry from uh, uh, either either Perry or Bryce Barnes from Army in that second round, and then you're looking at a Morgan McIntosh matchup in the quarterfinal. Uh, ultimately, the winner of that is going to end up getting whoever's at the bottom of the bracket. Um, whether it's Jaden Cox from Missouri or Travis Rutt from Oklahoma, uh, Brayden Atwood from Purdue's down there as well. Uh, but you know, Richard Perry is a, is a guy that he could end up wrestling as well. So the key, and I feel like I'm kind of talking myself in circles here with Burak because he's exceeded expectations. I think he's only a sophomore. Everyone was kind of wondering where he would be at this season and what you know whether he would be able to get above the 11 seed, which is where he's at right now in the NCAA's. With Nick Heflin from Ohio State being the number one seed. Uh, Jaden Cox from Missouri being the number two seed. Burak has an opportunity to wrestle above his seed by a lot, by a lot more than just one, two, three, or four places. I look for Nathan Burak to be an All-American. I look for him to place. I look for him to be an All-American, to be honored with that at the end of Saturday. And I don't think there's any reason to think any otherwise. So if all these wrestlers can wrestle above their seed, then we're looking at an Iowa team title, or at least Iowa being in the mix. And that brings us to our last bracket, and that's Bobby Telford. He comes in with the five seed. He's 22-5. and five. No surprise here with the number one seed being Tony Nelson from Minnesota. He's 26-4 and four on the season, but he won the Big Tens. It's such a fluid, fluid bracket. Adam Kuhn was the number one ranked wrestler last week. He's the four seed because he lost in the Big Ten tournament. You look at where guys are at. Jonathan Gingrich was the one that beat Adam Kuhn uh, from Penn State. He's 22-8 on the season. He's the 14 seed. He beat the number one ranked wrestler last last week. Telford comes in as the five. He's going to wrestle the kid from West Virginia. Um, and then probably Spencer Myers from Maryland in that second round, who's the 12 seed. And then you could very well have Adam Kuhn right there in the quarterfinal. And then Tony Nelson in the semifinal. And you look at what's happened uh, with Telford against those two opponents. He's 0-2 against Kuhn. Uh, he lost in the Midlands last year and then lost in the duel this season uh, against him. And then you go look at that storied past with uh, Tony Nelson. He's 1-6. and The only win was in sudden victory at the duel this last year in 2014. Bobby Telford should be looking to win this thing. And I say that with complete confidence and respect for for Bobby Telford. And the fact that he hasn't been able to take that next step is intriguing to me because I think he is good enough to win. The key is offense, offense, offense for Bobby Telford. So often you watch these heavyweight matchups and it's two, you know, bears dancing, uh, shaved bears dancing is the uh, expression people like to term the heavyweight matches. And the reason guys like Tony Nelson win uh, like he did last year in the NCAAs, is because they get on the offense. Take a shot. Try to create something. Try to score points, Bobby Telford. That's the key for the Hawkeyes. And all in all, it really comes down to that at every single weight. If they can get extra bonus points somewhere down the line, then they get extra bonus points somewhere down the line. If they can't, then they're going to lose. And that's how it's been the last three seasons. Iowa has to get back to being that number one team, to being that team that everybody wants to beat because that's Iowa wrestling. And if you follow the program at any any length or any extent, you know that that's Iowa wrestling. So that's going to do it. Uh, Big Tens, they're over with. NCAAs, they're around the corner. We're coming up. Iowa qualified all 10 wrestlers. A couple newcomers, Corey Clark at 125, Josh Jeb at 141, and Brody Grothis at 149. A couple guys in their senior season, Tony Ramos at 133, Derek St. John at 157, and Ethan Lofthouse at 184. You can check out the coverage all weekend long 
Uh, all six sessions televised. Every match carried on ESPN3 for the first time. ESPN is going to provide unprecedented coverage. It's going to be great. The NCAA Division I Wrestling Championships from Chesapeake Energy Arena in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. All this weekend, televised the semifinals and the finals on ESPN. ESPNU televises the first and second sessions, the quarters, and the medal rounds as well. Digitally, ESPN3 or ESPN, excuse me, watch ESPN.com. That's going to do it for this installment of the wrestling podcast here on Hawkeyes Mike, HawkeyesMike.com. We will have one for you, hopefully talking about the 2014 Iowa Hawkeyes as NCAA champions coming up in the next couple of weeks. I am Tyler Chumlin from KGYM Radio in Eastern Iowa. Enjoy the wrestling, folks. Have a good one. And broadcast school has really paid off. This has been a presentation of Hawkeyes Mike, LLC.